Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast Brother and Sister and Sister. We are Sisters. Sisters. We are here once again. Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast Episode 24, Season 2, Episode 2. Our truth doesn't make a noise unless he says, What's up? And what's up to all our listeners out there in podcast land? Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like you're going to cut some promos tonight oh, there, I'm dude. Ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Today has been a shit show of a day, and I am ready. Well, take your anger out on Brett the Hitman Heart, dude. Oh, believe me. <laughs> I got some words for this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast, and you can follow us on the TikToks and the Instagrams at treehillwf.podcast, and also listen to us on all streaming services, including Deezer. What? Not Stitcher. Not Stitcher. No, I was rest- gonna say Stitcher. Not Stitcher like, anymore. Fuck. Rest in peace, Stitcher. Um, Spotify. What? iHeartRadio. What? Apple Podcast. What? I'm going to kick you under from under the table. What? Shh. <laughs> Silence. We are here once again, the Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast, and we're in our second season, the second episode of One Tree Hill. But before we get to that, obviously being a even-numbered episode, we start our night off with the March 31st 1997 episode of Monday Night Raw or Raw is War. I'm still calling it Monday Night Raw. You can call it whatever you want, but it is on Mondays. And March 31st in 97 was a Monday. Wouldn't you know? <laughs> Obviously. So last week, we finally had the climax of the dissension between cutie patootie owen hart and your boy tassel Tassel boots Boots. british bulldog Mm -hmm. they finally at each other's throats now they're having the match for the european title one-on-one this is not berlin germany this is not going to be a master class in wrestling this is just going to be a fucking fight between two brothers-in-law who are sick wow (laughs) Of each other's shit. See, you, you've been trying to get me burping on the podcast for a while now. <laughs> and you did it. Yeah. Not me. Yeah, I did it, brother. They're sick of each other's shit, if you couldn't hear it on my burps. But the first match of this show for the European title is Why Owen Hart. Why was it Hart. the first? 
Well, we'll find that out in a few minutes. I know, I know, but like, come on. They got to start hot. They got to have a hot match to start it off. And here comes Owen right off the hop. Here comes Bulldog coming down the ring wearing his short shorts. Thank God they were short shorts. He's in speedo zone right now. (laughs) The cheeky undies for Bulldog and the tassels in full fucking force. But before he can even get into the ring, Owen fucking baseball slides him right away. And they start brawling on the outside. Owen is definitely the aggressor in this match. Like, I feel that because of his, you know, he's definitely very swarthy, very smart. He's got a lot of experience. He's just, he's a ring technician. He understands what he needs to do. And he is the aggressor in the majority of this match. But even though they're brothers-in-law, do you think they're going to fight fair? (laughs) Owen sure isn't. No. So he goes straight to the fucking ball shots and the cheap tactics, just like he has pretty much his entire career. But what happens is British Bulldog goes for the fucking sharpshooter. Bulldog is going to put Owen in his own fucking move. But Owen's smart enough. Of course, he's going to know the counter to his own. Why do the brothers have the same move? Well, originally, Brett was the first one to do the sharpshooter. And Owen's like, I'm better than you, and I can do the sharpshooter better than you, too. So that's why they have the same move. Um, so it's a one-upmanship by Owen. That's basically why he does it. So he has I mean, the... he's always the one that's, like, going under oh, yeah. and flexing. And- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a nugget! Oh, my God. So, of course, Owen's going to know the own counter to his finishing move. So he has the world's greatest, the GOAT. Inzaguri, the greatest of all time Inzaguri, and kicks Bully in the back of the head. But then Bulldog throws Owen out and he gives him the fucking suplex on the steel ramp. How how much steel do you really think this ramp is made of? They may uh, say, aluminum. <laughs> they may say it's steel. It's solid steel, dude, but I highly doubt that. Yeah. It looks too easy to pick up. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, we get the aforementioned ref bump like we get in pretty much every match these days. The ref goes down. He's out for like 20 minutes, of course. (sighs) (laughs) But Owen and Bulldog, they're going after each other. Owen grabs a chair. Here we go. Bulldog grabs a chair. They're going to go at it with steel chairs. They literally want to fucking end each other. And who runs down the ramp in, I, interjecting himself once again i honestly was like what the fuck do you think you're doing <laughs> get out of here this is not your match get the fuck out fuck off <laughs> i was so angry yeah, you're I'm pretty like, triggered. This is tassel boots and cutie patooties moment, not bitch hearts moment. Well, Bret Hart, sure he wanted to make it about him, but once he gets into the ring, he stops Bulldog, takes the chair away, 
and like puts the chair over Bulldog's neck and kind of just points to him and say, stop it. And Bulldog and Orin are still going at it, fighting like brothers do. And Brett's breaking it up. And Brett has had a long history of a feud with his brother going back four years. And he's had a feud in the past with Bulldog as well. And they have been Of course at- he is. He has a feud with other people because he's a bitch. Well, that's what wrestlers do is they have feuds with other wrestlers. It's kind of what they do, dude. I know, but he's a bitch. <laughs> Crybaby bitch. It's all he does. It's all he does now. But gets on the mic, says, why are we... Fu- why are we fighting? And he has to yell every fucking thing he says. Why are we fighting? That's what these people want. They want us to fight. They turned us against each other. These Americans, they don't know about family values. Oh, and remember when we were kids and I would get you dressed for school, get you on the school bus, take care of you. Bulldog, we had our fights. But we're brothers-in-law. They turned Diana, my own sister, against me. Oh, God. I need your help. I need my brothers. Owen, I love you. They love each other. They're brothers. They know about family values, unlike the American wrestling fans. This is a heartfelt moment. Tears in the crowd. Tears on commentary. Everybody crying. I was bawling my fucking eyes out at the beauty of this moment. Owen, Bulldog, and Brett. I was conflicted. (laughs) I'm like, this motherfucker (laughs) coming in here. I like that he's... The only thing I liked was that he was getting tassel boots and cutie patootie to be like... Stop fighting. Yo, we're cool. But get the fuck out. You can get the fuck out. If you're going to have a stable with these three guys, Bret Hart's the ringleader. I'm sorry to say, but Bret Hart's the ringleader. He's a four-time world champion. Yeah, because he hasn't let anyone else do it. Why would he want to let anyone else do it? So my theory is he's just like, yo, I want the tag champions under my wing so that I can say that we have a tag cha- championship. And then we have the European title mm-hmm. under our wing. We have, now let's get other titles. He wants under the intercontinental title, though. Yeah, he's going to try and go for that, too. I'm like, seriously? Sharing is caring. But if you're in a uh, sports entertainment or a professional sport or what have you, what is your main goal? To I, win. You know what? Oh, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm Tom Brady. I've won six Super Bowls. I'll just let this other team win for it. Just give them a... That's not how this shit works. I don't care. <laughs> I... You dominate, eliminate, and discriminate. Dude. dude. I played soccer in school. And you dominate. I played baseball. I played basketball. I played volleyball. And? I didn't cry if we lost. (laughs) I was in karate. I had to spar other people. I didn't cry if I lost. I didn't whine and complain. I shook hands. I was like, great job. You did awesome. This guy clearly 
didn't play team sport or anything like that where, you know, you play to have fun when he was a kid. Dude needs to go back to when he was a little kid and just experience just playing to have fun. Well, in the wise words of Herman Edwards, you play to win the game. You don't just play it to play it. But then what's the fun in that? You dominate. if you lose, then you're disappointed and you're going to go be a crybaby like bitch heart. <laughs> and that's just disappointing. Honestly, I think like for our son, I want to teach him that you play a game to have fun. It's not always about winning. It's about learning. It's about making friends. Well, when you had like... 12 siblings like Bret Hart did when he was a kid and proved to his family in the wrestling world that he's the best wrestler in the world. You kind of have to maintain that reputation and and that status over the years. You just don't go, oh, maybe Undertaker should have a run with the title. I don't need it anymore. That's not how this shit works in Bret Hart's mind. Yeah, in his mind. In his mind. And then he's like, oh, everyone knows like, I'm right. Like, all these things, they're true. They are. Yeah, sure. Maybe they are true. But you are such a whiny bitch about it. And there's other people, Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, everybody else. They're like, yo, we have this shit happen, too. We're not bitching and complaining about it. You've been champ for so fucking long. You're not giving us a chance. But we're not sitting here being like, oh, it's so unfair. I love how Bret Hart has triggered you so much. But I also love here that now the reconciliation and the joining of Bret and Owen Hart tends to have some parallels with the joining of Nathan and Lucas Scott as brothers as well. You know what that's called, dude? What? Amalgamation, brother. Nothing but truth spoken here by Brett the Hitman Hart. Joint, like what the (laughs) fuck is going on with just my life right now? (sighs) Americans don't know about family values, but the Hart Foundation does. Owen crying his eyes out, so happy to be back with his brother and his brother-in-law. Here we fucking yeah, they can go. go and wipe each other's asses and here we fu- whatever. I understand why you're conflicted because literally your favorite wrestler and tag team has now joined with your most hated wrestler. How do you feel I about even, that? Like, Sean was like, like, I couldn't wait for you to watch this. He couldn't wait for me to watch this. And then he's like, like, seriously, there's other wrestlers you hate. Like, who do you hate the most? I'm like, honestly, I've never been a Mankind fan. Yeah. Ever. He may be one day, though. But right now, I like him better than Bret Hart. I like Psycho Sid better than (laughs) Bret Hart. (laughs) Damn. They haven't triggered you near as much as the excellence of execution, the best there is the best there was and the best there ever will be and you know it so annoying (laughs) just speaking the truth here brother now after that tearjerker heartwarming segment with the reconciliation of the heart foundation and of course yes 
Of course. <laughs> you you were the one that went through and chose when we were going to start watching wrestling. Yeah. Compared to like yeah. the One Tree Hill. Yeah. So I never got to see. You're always like, oh, Bret Hart was always the best. I loved him so much. And I'm like, when? Because it's not been what we've been watching. You've watched five or six months of television. You do realize that Brett was around for like 10, 15 years before this, right? But you could have been like... Oh, so you want to sit through the new generation era where Brett was champion, where literally only him, Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels were the only worthwhile wrestlers to watch and everyone else was shit. If you think some of the shit that we've seen so far is bad, 1995 and 96 as a whole are probably the two worst years in WWF history. Why would I put us through that? But if you wanted to turn me into a Bret Hart fan, like before all of this. Yeah. Maybe that could have been a start. Maybe I wouldn't be like, I'd be annoyed with him, but I wouldn't like absolutely hate him. If you watched Brett from circa 1990 to 96, you would love Bret Hart. Guaranteed. Six years of his career where he was on top, intercontinental champ, world champ, take team champ, king of the ring, Royal Rumble winner, top of the card, top of the industry, the face of fucking WWF for years and just this one little 11 month blip in his career and he's the most hated heel in wrestling and you know what he deserves that right now (laughs) (laughs) after this we're gonna go back we're gonna watch some face Bret Hart shit from the back of the day and like this is the same guy and it's like literally it's all this shit Built up over time. That's the thing. Because now, like, I'm posting shit like bitchy Bret Hart, whatever, on social media. And, and people, every, are like, and people are like, what the fuck? What the fuck like, are you, talking, are you about? talking about? And I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. All I'm seeing is this whiny bitch. Yep. So what do you expect? But like I think? said, this is literally an 11-month flip in his career. As opposed to the prior 13 years where he was a, and also, a white meat baby face. I am Stone Cold Steve Austin in female form. Yes. Sean says. Yes. Um, really, would I ever like Bret Hart? <laughs> well, Stone Cold has his first appearance since his loss to Bret at WrestleMania later on, and he goes on a rant that feels like it's right from your mouth. I know. <laughs> right from the I heart. I was like, I could be the one saying this right now. <laughs> yep. And I think I'm going to have to get you to cut that promo later. But before that, Sonny is out, tits out, ass is out. this bitch. We love Sonny here, or at least I love Sonny here on Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. But she comes out for this more lucha lameness fucking lucha. I didn't even take notes on this one. Why would we ever even bother with this shit? Triple A's. Bitch. Triple A's partnership with WWE was a wet fart at the best of <laughs> times. But I love through most of the match, they just go keeping on. Uh, Jerry the King Waller and Sonny keep going on about how emotional the reconciliation oh, of the Heart Foundation tears, bawling our eyes out. It's so beautiful. What a great thing. I will say, I did not have tears. I, had- I was like literally like what the fuck is happening right now but you know what's crazy is that like when brett starts spouting off about all this stuff jerry the king lawler has been a huge 
enemy of Brett for the better part of four years now. And now even King is agreeing with what Bret Hart is saying here. You know the world is going topsy-turvy with Jerry the King Lawler is agreeing with Bret the Hitman Hart. The literal guy who stuck his fucking foot in his mouth two years prior, like fucking full-on toes, bare feet, foot in the mouth, King is just like, yeah, no, this guy's making some sense. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, can we move on from this? Because like, it, it keeps... I can't. I can't. <laughs> well, let, let's turn it on. Let's turn it to another part of this show where we have your favorite tag team besides Owen and Bulldog. The Spiky Dino Bros. The Spiky fucking Dino Bros. We got the Legion of Doom dinosaurs, here. dinosaurs, people. We got the Lod before uh, Jerry, or sorry, not Jerry the King Lawler. Jim Ross has an interview with the Legion of Doom. And Animal goes on about, because now at the 420 pay-per-view, which they should have called, uh, <laughs> honestly, they should have made it like a, a pot-themed pay-per-view because it landed on 420. I mean, they probably wouldn't do that in 1997 when it was probably still not. an illicit drug. But nowadays, I feel like they could do something along those lines. Have RVD and Matt Riddle and a few other guys on the card and have a 420 pay-per-view. I'd but be into it. I'd be into that too. But back when in 97, when they were having 420 pay-per-views, this one was called Revenge of the Taker in your house on 420. But we have the Legion of Doom. They're challenging Owen and Bulldog. The reconciled Owen and Bulldog for the tag titles. Animal goes off about, you know, blah, 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 how they're going to beat him. But what we have, like we have every single week, we have Hawk. Unfucking hinged. <laughs> unhinged hawk spiky dino bro put a mic in front of this guy's face and watch the fucking fireworks fly holy shit he goes off about dog dumplings and fucking what the fuck? <laughs> gargling with razor blades and he even calls owen he says he has a stinky body a stinky 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 body stinky and i felt I feel like Owen like probably smells pretty nice. Like he has, I would say he has an enchanting musk. If I say so enchanting myself, enchanting musk. He has an enchanting musk. It, he looks like he would be somebody who smells nice. Wears a little bit of cologne you know think, to the uh, ring. You know what I think the tassel boots smell like? Uh, fish and chips. No, for a cologne. <laughs> what? Dior Sauvage. Oh, Dior Sauvage. You know that Christian Dior. You know that cologne sample that I was smelling for like a month straight. Oh yeah, that's what bully smells like. Dior Sauvage. Fair enough. Well, he's not a stinky, stinky body that smells like dog dumplings, like (laughs) fucking Hawk says. But prediction time. We haven't had a little prediction for a bit since WrestleMania 420. Owen and Bulldog versus LOD. Who wins the tag titles? You think Spiky Dino Bros get another run with the tag titles around their waist? Think it's time for Owen and Bulldog to drop it? It, Through the entirety of this podcast, Owen and Bulldog have been the tag champs. And I feel like, honestly, now that they're... I just shudder to think of it. Reconciled. They are under... Bret Hart. Bitch Hart. (laughs) I... think that now would be the time for them to lose it but if uh brett wants to be this belt collector 
do you honestly think Owen and Bulldog would lose their titles right away after them reforming? Do you think they want to build this stable up and keep them relevant and have all the titles on them? March 31st till April 20th, there's a lot of time in between. True. So they could keep their titles within that period. Yeah. And then give it, you know, lose it to Spiky Dino Bros. Possible. That's a good, you know, there's a lot of TV time in between. There is. But unlike WrestleMania season, we're now past that. We're not going to get nearly as many hot potatoing of the titles. At least for a little bit anyway. Okay. Bitch heart. (laughs) (laughs) You just can't get over this. Well, from one favorite to the next, we got the honky tonk man, no, and he's coked why? out. He's coked out, Vince McMahon. Oh, I'm the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. I, f- oh, what's with people that I hate in this fucking episode? <laughs> Honestly, you got Brad. You thought I was heated when I came home from the grocery store. We got Sunny. We got honky tonk. We got oh. Double J, Jake Jagelski with fucking, uh, he's got a little kid. Double J, Jesse James here. He's yeah. got a little kid Bro- coming to the ring. Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain's here, and he's working this uh, jobber, Jerry Fox. Definitely a squash match, and he wins with his pump handle slam, but HTM, Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> For that guy's name, I just put versus some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he is some bitch, and he beats him with the pump handle slam. But Honky Tonk, you finally. You see what I put down for the next match. Okay. <laughs> Honky Tonk, he's still searching for his clone. Oh, God. He wants somebody here to be the next Honky Tonk. And he gets in the ring with Double J, and he's like, I think you got what it takes. I think you got what it takes, Double J. You are Honky Tonk Man incarnate. You can be my clone. And I have my family heirloom guitar here (laughs) to pass off to you and make you the next honky-tonk man. And what did you say that Double J would do with that guitar? I was like, it would be great if he just smashed it. (laughs) That's exactly exactly what happened. What he fucking did. (laughs) Double J ain't playing that shit with honky-tonk. Nope. And he's fucking breaking the family heirloom guitar. The first good thing that Double J Jesse James does on the podcast. I mean, he hasn't like done anything. He hasn't done much besides get branded by ink. <laughs> and have a super long entrance that he sings himself to the ring. Although a very catchy song, my, might I add. That's not that catchy. But it's kind of like how I feel... About some other people, right? Like it's not like, like I hate dust. them. Yeah, indifferent. I'm, I'm indifferent. Yeah, I'm obviously more pro Gold Dust. Yeah, Chicken McNugget. Although Brokeback Mountain hasn't been heavily featured, yeah. he's been here, here and there. But I don't but hate him. I don't like him. He's fair just, enough. He's just there. But he wins some points in your book by smashing Honky Tonk Man's heirloom Thank family heirloom the guitar. Fucking Lord, <laughs> and I love. Honky Tonk's expression to holding the broken guitar in his hands, looking all distraught, is pretty hilarious. What a bitch. Yeah. So, speaking of wrestlers that you absolutely love. Why? We are the nation of domination. Nation of domination. How could I say love? 
How could you say love? Get your fucking fist down. I got I, a whip right here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know my place. I won't be giving the nation salute for very long in fear of getting the smack laid down on me by a wifey poo over here. We got the nation of domination in full force. Sans Farouk again. Thank God. Second, He's the worst. Second week in a row. No Farouk in tow. Actually, all of them are the worst. But we got a Can fucking... Can they just all go jump off a bridge and die? <laughs> Can Ahmed come out? Thonginator come out and just smack them all with a two by four like so hard like that they're he just has like before. concussed for months and can't <laughs> wrestle. Yes, this is just kind of a nothing, no nation, kind of a nothing segment. It's literally Crush and Savio, which honestly, I don't even feel like they get much of a nation salute here without Farouk. And they're taking on Max Bell and Adam O'Brien. Which I just put as versus loser fucks. <laughs> just uh, this this week in enhancement talent, Max Bell and Adam O'Brien. Basically, the entire match was Shawn Michaels was on the phone <laughs> talking <laughs> to Vince McMahon. And I feel like Vince McMahon was probably the originator of the HBK cream team. But as oh we, because <laughs> he creams every time, Shawn Michaels comes out and he formed the team that creams every time Shawn Michaels comes out. So we move on. Paul. Oh my God. Not Heyman, but. How many segments in a row do we have to have somebody here that you absolutely despise? This episode, I this tell is triggering you, you, was a triggering episode for me. At least we had Legion of Doom. Something. Moving on. <laughs> I'm staring daggers into your eyes right now. You could see the look that she just gave me. Paul Bear, again, just like the executioner was in December, using Papa Shango's old music to come to the ring. I mean, Paul Bear is not seemingly not with Mankind anymore, seemingly not with Vader, but he's not with The Undertaker, so he doesn't Vader's know what music. Seem seemed to have disappeared. Yeah, what goes on with Vader now? I don't even know. But Paul Bear doesn't really associate with anybody right now, so he comes up to Papa Shango's music. Another decision that was made where it's like, ah, let's just give him Papa Shango's music. No one's going to remember Papa Shango's music. I fucking remember as Papa of Shango's music you do. because I'm a fucking wrestling nerd. Of course I know that shit. But Paul Bear here, he realizes now that The Undertaker is the World Wrestling Federation champion. So of course he's going to want to give back with him and have the rub of the title, <sighs> right? This angers me so much. <laughs> Got another promo on white piece of dog shit here, dude. Because white piece of dog shit ditches Undertaker because he's like, oh, I want to be with mankind. Mankind is an up and comer or whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck you. And then. But now. Undertaker has the title. Beats Sid. Beats Sid. And now this white piece of trash, white piece of dog shit comes crawling back. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, go crawl into some dog's asshole again because like honestly, oh, 
I just, this angered me. And I was like, if Undertaker takes him back, I'm going to be so disappointed in him. And I love Undertaker. We all love the Undertaker. But yeah, Paul Bear is basically begging for forgiveness and wanting the Undertaker back with him on his side. And as he's going through his little spiel about wanting the Undertaker back, Vince McMahon is just sick to his stomach about this on commentary. I would be, I would, I was sick to my stomach. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? What is going on tonight with this fucking wrestling shit? Like, I'm done. I'm done. We might have to call this podcast quits. We're not even, we're not even close, dude. And, and then I'm just like, Undertaker, you're smarter than this. You're so much smarter than this. Undertaker's a wise, wise man. But what's going on here? And it, hilarious, as I mentioned, with Vince McMahon being sick to his stomach, he says about Paul Bear's promo, he says, Jimmy Swaggart, eat your heart out. Jimmy Swaggart, ladies and gentlemen, was a televangelist back in the 80s. He was a god boy. He was the guy who preached on TV saying how he could save people and he was God's messenger and he had a TV show for lots of people and lots of stations and he was like the televangelist of the 80s but got caught in a prostitution scandal by the assemblies of God. Multiple times he was implicated in prostitution scandals. Oh, boy. And he went on TV on his evangelist program crying in front of millions of people saying, forgive me, God, for I have sinned. Oh, dear God. And that's what Vince McMahon is referencing here is Jimmy Swaggart from the 80s, much like Paul Bear begging Undertaker for forgiveness. But the crazy thing here is, and they also name drop for the second week, Liar Liar. How much money do you think Liar Liar made at the box office? I have no 10 idea. Million, no 20 idea. million? It's one of the more popular Jim Carrey movies. How much? I, Ballpark. Just give me a guess. 15 mil. I don't know. $302 million at the box office. Jesus. Yeah, dude. Great movie. We have to watch it one day. You'll love it. But Undertaker in his Undertaker best with his title in tow. He uh, hands. I never forget betrayal. But I may be able to forgive and Paul Bear's face lights up oh my god and Undertaker goes to hand the belt to him and hands it to him and And then he punches the shit out of him (laughs) and I was like yes that's my boy Undertaker don't play no shit he knows what fucking Paul Bear's up to I was like he was I knew he was smarter than that and also he knew what Paul Bear was up to because on his way to the ring with the casket with the urn on top of it outside Mm he walks back out of the ring and locks the casket because he's been down this road before mankind has popped out of many a casket back in the day to take out the Undertaker so he locks that shit and make sure that there's nothing, no funny business going on here. And he fucking decks 
Paul Bear after he gives him his title just to feign that possibility of them getting back together. And the announcers have put this over as the reconciliation. It's a damn reconciliation between The Undertaker and Paul Bear. Fuck on! And Undertaker pulls a fast one on Paul Bear and beats the shit out of him. Paul Bear crawling around, trying to get away. Oh, my God. He's going to... He takes the urn off the casket. He's going to nail Paul Bear with it. But, much to his dismay, (sighs) fucking mankind. Not in the casket, underneath the ring. How long do you think he was underneath the ring for? The whole show? I honestly think because there was like a cart that was wheeled out with a tablecloth, black tablecloth. door or something. And the like casket on top and it could have had a shelf underneath like you know oh, those easily. catering shelf things oh yeah easily catering carts he could have been on that and then like slipped under the ring through that easily easily that's but, my theory but he emerges from underneath the ring undertaker turns around Mankind throws fucking fire in his face i was pissed fire in the eyes Holy shit. Remember? Remember? On our WrestleMania 13 season finale episode when Justin says, man, it's all fucking uphill from here. Now we got fucking fire in the face of The Undertaker a week later. When does Undertaker set white piece of dog shit on fire? Because you'll have to wait and see. Because I feel like that's coming. Because you'll have to wait and see. Because that's the thing. We were watching this. I was like, wait. Fucking fire. When's the fire on white piece of dog shit? When's that happening? Because honestly, I cannot wait. Guess we'll have to wait and see. Seeing that the 420 pay-per-view is called Revenge of the Taker. That would make sense. Would make sense, wouldn't it? Undertaker literally sells this fireball shot all commercial break long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They go to commercial as he's clutching his eyes and they come back and he's still fucking clutching his eyes and, and really selling the shit out of this fucking fireball. Holy fuck, dude. We got fucking fire on Raw's war. Oh, then we get a backstage promo. Sid, probably one of the last times we're going to see Sid here, though. He's not much. He's not long for this world. Oh. But now, now he has a crush on the Undertaker. <laughs> he's got a crush on the Undertaker. Undertaker beat him. Undertaker. Fair and square. And he also. So now he's mm, like, I have a crush. Okay. First things first. There's some inaccuracies there. First. One, A, he didn't beat Sid fair and square. Bret Hart interfered in that I match. I know, I'm just Hung saying. up Sid on the rope that led to the tombstone. Uh-huh. So no, he did not beat Sid fair and square. I know, I was just saying it. So it was uh-huh. like, Sid has a crush on The Undertaker now. <laughs> He's like, mad respect, bro. I think. I got a thing for you now. I think maybe he has a thing for him is because because he has loose bowels. Undertaker smelled his shit during that tombstone that Sid's like, well, you smelled my shit in this tombstone, so I guess we're friends now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, he's riding with Taker now. He's on the fucking uh, big black Harley, and he's fucking riding with the Take man. And he's saying that Mick Foley needs to burn in hell for what he did to The Undertaker. Agreed. So apparently next week we got a match with uh, Mankind and Sid on Raw. 
defending the honor of the Undertaker, the guy who literally just beat him for the world title. I mean, that's Sid in a nutshell. He's a fucking idiot. (laughs) And it's almost softball season as well, too. So he's going to go take off and go play softball or some shit. I'm going to miss him. You're not going to miss Sid. I'm going to miss him only because How are you I, like, miss Sid? I like him more than Bitch Heart. <laughs> You'd rather have him than Bitch Heart. Yes. You thought it was bad enough with Sid at the top of the card. Now that Brett is still at the top of the card with his persona now. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. Because you know what? At least with Sid, you could kind of like laugh at him about it. Brett's a Canadian hero, damn it. I don't care. <laughs> He's not my Canadian hero. My Canadian hero, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> fair. Next match, Triple H and Goldust. Once again, how many times have we seen this match? I mean, this one, though, I like Chicken McNugget was going for Oh, it. yeah. Like, I feel like he's kind of had the underhand a little bit, like with china and everything yep. like going on and his poor wifey poo ah, golden titties she's been, like, she's been getting the shit kicked she out really of her feel so this her. was like revenge mm-hmm. this was his revenge and honestly when he won i was like go chicken mcnugget go chicken mcnugget thank god uh yeah but it was by wasn't it by disqualification that he probably won? but still you know what he won and the crux of this match was no marlena no china at ringside who shows up china fuck of course she does china 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 people think i don't like china i love china 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 is the new china by the way china 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 i deal with china 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 big league china so don't tell me about china i know china china and by the way I love China. I mean, I love China. How can you not love China? I love China. China, China. I mean, how can you not love China? China, China. She messed with golden titties. She did. She bruised her ribs again. She's so mean to her. She's very mean to golden titties, yes. It's not fair. (laughs) Goldust really is kind of letting emotion take over in this episode here. Because, you know, obviously what's happened to his wifey poo, he's letting his anger take over and it's not really going so well for him. Also, who from Sex in the City does China remind you of? <laughs> Susan Sharon. Is that Molly Price? Yes. Yeah. I saw a picture of her. Yeah, I the definitely see features, the, the hair. I definitely see the resemblance. Oh, yeah. 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 There's a lot going on. That's going to be a, a meme. <laughs> I feel like by the time we start watching Sex in the City, we're definitely going to have a lot of Molly Price, Susan Sharon, fucking China memes. Well, I mean, she's in like one episode, maybe two episodes. That's it? She comes up later in, on in the spinoff, but mm. otherwise she was in like two episodes. Oh, okay. So Goldie here, he's going for his curtain call to finish. He hits it. But China, of course, interjects herself once again. Now we got the fucking Donnybrook. Now we got the full-on fucking chaos. Everybody's in. The agents are in. The referees are in. Fucking China. She's doing her shit. Whole thing. Fucking Pat Patterson 
first ever intercontinental champion back in the day. He's out there and he's throwing hands with fucking Hunter Helmsley. Like, holy shit. This guy's got to be in his 50s or 60s by this point. And he's throwing down. And China and fucking Trips are beating him up and it's just chaos. China pushes off four fucking referees at the same time. Yeah, she's They like nuts. get over and she just pushes them all. And they just go fucking flying. Man, are they ever putting over fucking China here? Like she's a force to be reckoned with here. Unreal. Now we move on. Uh, why is this motherfucker out again? What motherfucker? What's next? It's Stone Cold. It's Stone Cold, Derry. It's the Texas Rattlesnake, Derry. From Victoria, Texas, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he's here, and he's spitting the fucking fire. Austin comes out in a full-on Austin 316 shirt. He's still got a Band-Aid on his fucking head from getting beaten to a fucking bloody pulp by the excellence of execution Bret Hart at Wrestlemania Uh. but yes we reiterate once again Stone Cold didn't fucking give up at Wrestlemania he did not he didn't say he quit he didn't say he give up he didn't tap out he didn't say uncle he fucking passed out from blood loss Bret Mm -hmm. technically didn't even really beat him he just passed out from the pain and the blood loss yeah and Stone Cold goes right into it. And he says that. Ken Shamrock, he could have had 10 hearing aids taped to his ear and he would have never heard me say, I quit. I give up. Which is 100% true. He never true. fucking quit. <laughs> and he says, Bret Hart, you put on a clean pair of panties and you get your ass out here so I can stop a muhole in your ass and walk it dry. And he is just killing him. Brett is on the Titantron. He don't want none of the fucking Stone Cold smoke at this time. No fucking way. And Austin just goes, you'll have to kill me. why he doesn't? Why? Because he knows if he were to get the smoke now, there's no way he could fight the pebble if he got murdered. Fair enough. First. Can't be tough. Yep. Then he can't fight for that title. (laughs) Because he's a bitch. (laughs) Stone Cold Steve Austin says that Brett will have to kill him. He says, Brett says he's done with Austin. I'm finished. I beat you twice. I'm done with you. And Austin says, you'll have to kill me for this to be over, Brett. One day, I'm going to look down at your grave and the tombstone will read, here lies the biggest piece of crap that ever lived. And the reason why he's down here in this grave is because Stone Cold Steve Austin whipped his pink and black ass. <laughs> My God, this is probably the best promo Austin's given us in this entire podcast. Yes. Oh. And I love that it was against Bitch Heart. And the crowd is just going mental for this. Like they're loving every minute of it. Again, Austin, he he's getting over. Like we we started out where Austin was the sneaky, despicable heel, and Bret Hart was the big baby face, the white meat baby face. Now we're at the point where we've we've reversed roles. Everybody's into Austin. Everyone in America, at least, hates Bret Hart, and one Canadian person hates Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at it right now, dude. Uh... But. 
This leads into yet another Bret Hart segment where he takes on the Pebble, Rookie Maivia, in an Intercontinental title match. Mm. The belt collector, Bret Hart, looking to add the icy title to his mantle once again. Sharing is caring. When you're a singles wrestler, you do not share. Did you go to elementary school in Canada? Clearly not. Yeah, he did. He was helping Owen get on the bus and putting, dressing him up every single morning. Well, clearly he missed the sharing is caring day of school. (laughs) He's sharing his rub with Owen and Bulldog right now. That's what he's doing. It's because he wants their titles under his name. So. Under his foundation. Fucking cry me a river, little bitch. So you do you feel that puts Brett in line to possibly win the world title and beat The Undertaker? What if Brett Hart. I don't Hart, even want to think about it. What if Brett Hart beats The Undertaker for the world title? What would you do? Riot. Theoretically. Oh, if if Brett wins, you riot. <laughs> <laughs> Just like if Cena wins, we riot. If Brett wins, Aaron riots. <laughs> yes. Brett puts on Brett dominates, of course, because he's the excellence of ex- execution. He's the best there is. The best there was. Oh, fuck off. And the best there ever will be, and you know it. And he fucking puts on a clinic. He beats the shit out of the rock here. Rocky Maivia doesn't stand a chance against Brett. But unfortunately for Brett, <laughs> he puts on that figure four on the post for too long and gets disqualified. But he don't care. He don't need the IC title. That's beneath him. He needs the world title. Oh, and he course. needs to beat uh, The Undertaker for the world title. That's what he needs to do. So he gets DQ'd here. And then Austin comes out, and he's taking out Brett, and you're loving life right now. Austin's beating the shit out of Brett until Owen and Bulldog come out and take out Austin. Three-on-one attack. Brett, Owen, and Bulldog stomping a mud hole in Austin until spiky Dino Bros come out and make the save yeah, and run them off. chaos, and I was just like, all of my favorites are fighting right now. <laughs> Owen and Bulldog, LOD, Austin. Fuck. Oh, my God. There's so much going on here, but we love it. The drama is just in full force. Can't I just put all my favorites together and have them all bit beat just the be shit friends. out of bit chart? <laughs> well, Austin will beat the shit out of them. Undertaker will beat the shit out of them. LOD will beat the shit out of them. But not Owen and Bulldog, sorry. <sighs> They're a family. They're a foundation because they know about uh, family values. Yeah. As we cut to black on this episode of Monday Night Raw is War in the War Zone. Grades, babe. I know there was a lot of heat for you in this episode because it's just pure on hatred for basically everyone who appeared. And there was no Ahmed Johnson either. Yeah, I didn't get to be on Thong Watch. But you got uh, Tassel Boots. I did, but like that. But he joined up with Bret Hart. I'm so (laughs) confused. Conflicted. Yeah. 0.6. Wow. Damn. Because I give this a 4.97. Of course you would. You're not supposed to rate the wrestling ones. <laughs> That's me. That's my job. You rate that. the One Tree Hill. Hell I want, damn it. So now we we pivot, pivot to One Tree Hill, season two, episode two, Truth doesn't make a noise september 28th 2004 
Mm-hmm. Honestly, I like the episode, but it, it can't hold the jockstrap of the season finale and the season premiere, the last two episodes, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, I still, I still liked it. I liked... Oh, me too. It's not bad by any stretch, but compared to what we just watched for the last two episodes, whoa, man. Knowing what I know about this season yeah, and what's coming up, I feel like if you would like had seen other episodes in the season first, you may have rated this one a little bit higher. Really? Based on that. Interesting. Yeah, because I've kind of compared it to the last of what I've seen in like... Which that's the only way you can do it, yeah, honestly. this is all I watched. I've literally watched 24 episodes and of this knows, show. You might like... Season certain two. things within like and i'm not saying that as like my opinion it's more like just knowing you and knowing that you like eels and shit like that or yeah. like you might enjoy season two because like i can't sit here and be like you're gonna hate season two because i hate season two sure you yeah. know like differing opinions i it's not that i hate season two it's my least favorite mm. Hmm. Well, Lucas is lying down on the... In the r- middle of the river court. Well, probably because he was in another car accident, but be that as it may, <laughs> he's lying down, probably got hit by a car and got thrown 50 feet onto the fucking river court. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and he's listening to some music. I mean, as you do if you're laying in the middle of... The river court. After a car contemplating accident. Contemplating life. And he's got a fucking iPod classic. Probably the 60 gig version too. Who knows? It's possible. I had one. I had a sand disc. A Sansa sand disc. I've also had a Sansa sand disc. That's I had about two. Sand disc. Yeah, I had, I had a couple two too. two different ones. Yeah. And then I went to my iPod classic. And then I had, and then we all realized that iPod Mini. And then we all realized that Spotify is king. We could just have all our music on our phone. Why would we need an iPod Touch or a Classic or a Sansa Sand Disc well, to listen the, to our music? At the time, my phone had jack shit for storage. Fair enough. And I had my 1994 Ford Taurus that I was driving, and I had a tape deck. And I had to have the tape deck adapter. So I had, at this point, an iPod shuffle. I bought one of the mini iPod shuffles that you just clip to your, like, pocket. And that was, like, how I listened to music in my car. And it sucked because I couldn't, like, search for music. No, I did. It was an iPod mini. It was an iPod mini. So you sat, had a little bit of a screen, but not much. But it was like convenient because I could just unplug it and put it in my pocket. Wow. But yeah. I was not a slave to Apple. And I never have been through my entire life. No. And yeah, I'm I'm not. I've tried to have iPhones. I've had a few iPhones. And I keep going back to Samsung. Samsung's where it's all at, Apple brother. Hi- all the Apple lovers are going to all- be like, these guys suck. It's all just hype, man. It's- this podcast sucks <laughs> and if you listen to us on apple podcasts <laughs> don't fuck yourself sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know apple's just hype man it's outdated technology honestly it's all it is. 
I was talking to a girl Just yesterday the at the mall and she was like, yeah, I'm an I'm an iPhone girly, but I will admit the Samsung camera is always better. And I was like, yeah, girl. Yeah. And she was like, respect. She said, I couldn't figure out a Samsung because, you know, I couldn't figure it out. That's why she has an iPhone. Okay. I know a lot of people that are like that. They can't they're figure just, out they're a just Samsung. They're dummies, so they have to have an Apple. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to have so many haters after this. <laughs> yeah, probably. Whatever, Android for life, brother. Fucking Dan Scott. He's in the hospital after his heart attack, his Brett heart attack. Oh my god, don't you dare <laughs> mention that motherfucker. His Owen heart attack, his Gemnide heart attack, his Stuart fucking Rhino attack. Can we talk about One Tree Hill now? I am talking about One Tree Hill. He had a heart attack of the Brett variety. I am staring <laughs> daggers at you right now. So Dan, he woke up in the previous episode while keith was hugging deb yes and so the doctor's telling deb because apparently dan seems seems very joyful yeah almost like introspective He's like happy even strange yeah they call that the phoenix effect the and phoenix Deb's splash like, effect how long does this last and they're like you know whenever he Whenever he's kind of done with it. When he snaps out of it and goes back to his heel tendencies. So he's just, oh. He's literally happy. It's so weird. Dan like this. Like happy. Like, oh, yeah, no, everything's all good. Yeah, cool. Whatever. Yeah, my brother. Oh, yeah, whatever. He slept with my wife. Ha ha. Okay, cool, man. Whatever. Vis-a-vis. Carpe diem. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, uh, dude. <laughs> oh my god! I love how Nathan roasts Chad Michael Murray for his fucking uh, bald job. His buzz cut. He's like, "What the fuck happened to your hair, bro? What the fuck did you do, Charleston, dude? That's what happened to my hair. Oh my <laughs> the god. seven minutes I spent in Charleston, I shaved my fucking head. Just needed a change. You needed a little bit of change. Now, I uh, okay. At the start, Brooke was a heel. I yeah. get it. She started as a heel. Then she started to turn the corner a little bit. Now her and Peyton are back to besties again. Good for her. She was able to put that shit behind her. She's able to reconnect with her best friend that she's been besties with for a very long time. Cheerleaders, whole thing mm-hmm. around the horn. Good for them, okay? And they're even listening to Modest Mouse. And I like Modest Mouse. It's a pretty solid Same. band. I like them. Same. <laughs> but what I love the most here is that me being a full-fledged Harry Potter fan now, as opposed to not being a Harry Potter fan most of my life, and thank Hang you on. to my daughter and my wife for making me a Harry Potter fan. This motherfucker, when we met, <laughs> yeah. I was like, Harry Potter. do you like Harry Potter? And I'm like, and no, that shit's lame, dude. His daughter was like, oh my god, I love Harry Potter. Harry Potter is the best. Oh my god, Harry Potter, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. And this motherfucker is like... I will not watch Harry Potter. The thing is, okay, two issues I had. A, when I was in middle school and Harry Potter was the fucking, 
you know, be all end all. Everyone talked about it. Everyone loved it. Everyone was how fucking great Harry Potter is. Blah blah blah. And you know me, I'm very against the grain. So am I. But I was just like, ah, whatever, Harry Potter, that's lame. This book magic and fucking wizards and a bunch of bullshit. Who fucking cares, man? And then literally, uh, my ex, who got me to watch Philosopher's Stone, I watched 10 minutes of it and I was bored out of my fucking tree. And I was like, I don't need to watch this shit. You just didn't watch enough of it. Yeah, and that's the thing. I ended up watching all of Philosopher's Stone with you guys, and I was like, holy shit, this is really fucking good. And then you watched <laughs> all the rest of the movies. And then I watched Chamber of Secrets, and I watched everything else, and yeah, it's really fucking good, dude. I remember one time, I think you were, I don't know where you were, but you were away, and this was at our old place, and Layla and I had a girls' night. We went and got chips. We went and got Slurpees. We just, like, did the whole shebang. And you watch Harry Potter. we watched, like, I think five movies in Woo! one day. <laughs> honestly, that, I feel like it is definitely a movie series you can binge, because after I watched them all, man, I'm a full-fledged, full-on fucking harry potter fan i'm about all about fucking time i'm all about diagon alley and fucking jake the snape roberts oh god and robbie coltrane rest in peace fucking hagrid so it's funny because in this scene brooke and peyton peyton's organizing music whatever her record collection and brooke is sitting at the laptop She's making Peyton a profile on lust factor. And so she's asking Peyton, oh, so what's playing right now? Like, what's this music right now? Modest Mouse. And she's like, Modest Mouse. And then Brooke types in Mighty Mouse. Yeah. (gasps) Can I just say that lust factor walked so Tinder could run? You know, you've made this joke before. Yeah, but now I'm just doing it with Lust Factor and Tinder, much like Punk and Disorderly and OnlyFans. Uh huh. It's just the same joke repeated with different things. Okay. <laughs> but uh, after a long winded Harry Potter promo, we realized that yes, Dan is no longer Voldemort. Lucas is now Voldemort, and he is the one who he not be named. He who must not be named. That is correct. They must go see what he wants. What the fuck does he want? Well, Luke is at this warehouse. Yep. Very important. Please remember this warehouse. Okay. Okay. For the future. Okay. So Luke wants to have a party, a reception for Haley and Nathan because they, you know, shotgun wedding (laughs) no more like they eloped they was it a shotgun wedding they're not pregnant as much as people like to say they're pregnant (laughs) that's what brooke is saying the whole time everyone's saying they're pregnant but no no shotgun wedding no nothing they wanted to do this there's no kid involved but it just happened like overnight literally exactly um so he's wants to plan this party for them which is cool like he knows that peyton can rock the music better than anyone brooke can plan the party better than anyone and then he brings up oh did you guys get the letter uh 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 did they get what 
the letter. Thank you. Oh my god, you're so fucking extra. <laughs> yes, did you get the letter? <laughs> Peyton fakes coughing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was great. She has nothing to say. She cannot she no even idea. like because they're not just gonna face. straight up go. Uh, yeah, sorry, we burned it. <laughs> we burned it in the fucking fire, dude. Oh my god, we burned it in the same fire that mankind threw in Undertaker's face, dude. Oh my god, fucking fire, bro. Haley goes up to <laughs> Lucas at school. And she's like, hey, B-I-L. B-I-L? Brother-in-law. Of course. They're <laughs> fucking family now. Legit. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It is a little bit weird, seeing that originally there were supposed to be love interests. <laughs> well, and also the fact that Nathan and Lucas wouldn't even like admit that they were brothers at the start of the series. And now they're full-on brothers, and she's his brother-in-law. You mean sister-in-law? She's his sister-in-law. <laughs> I've had a few wow. too many. A few too many, brother. <sighs> sister, whatever you want to call yourself. Brooke is gathering pictures. Oh, yeah, she of is. Peyton. Oh, dude, she can I get drops... on lustfactor.com like right quick? Oh, my God. She <laughs> takes the most unflattering pictures. I mean, That's the sure. problem. <laughs> she <laughs> drops her textbooks on the ground oh sorry and she's like oh can you pick those up for me and yeah. then takes a picture of peyton's ass when she's bending over in a skirt yeah i don't know i would probably rate that pretty high on lust factor of course you would yeah wow. any picture of peyton i pretty much rate very high on lust factor <sighs> what's your lust factor on a scale of one to ten mine what's your lust factor I don't know. You're supposed to rate me. Okay, what's my lust factor? Mm, four. No, I'm kidding. See, that's lust, though. That's not love. Lust is just somebody you want to screw around with. Love is way different. Mm. Love is what Haley and Nathan have. Lust is what Jagelski and Nikki had. Mm-hmm. Yes, big difference. What would you rate me? Lust factor, if I didn't know you, 10.2. It's out of 10, bro. Yeah. And you break the scale, dude. <laughs> so basically, we have Pervy King on Monday Night Raw. We got Jerry the King Lawler. So I'm thinking, Brooke, she's Pervy Queen, dude. No. She's like, I'm taking pictures of your ass. I'm jumping in the shower and taking pictures of you naked in the shower. I'm putting you on lust factor. I'm showing my titties to random guys on a boat. She's the Pervy Queen. I don't like this. Moving on. Haley goes to invite Deb to their party. And she brings flowers. You know, she's trying to be nice. and She's trying to make nicey nice here. Deb just is like, no. Not having any of it. You're ruining my son's life and your own. And it's just like... Deb. It's very unfortunate that I really wanted this podcast to be the Deb Stan podcast, but at this point, it's the Deb See You Next Tuesday podcast. <laughs> like, it's the Haley Stan podcast now. Oh, I always Stan Haley. Oh, love Haley. She's great. Well, uh, bu- 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 <laughs> you check that fucking attitude at the door and don't tell me no spoilers, Biatch. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> 
Uh, Lucas and Skills are talking, and Skills is uh, making fun of Lucas's hair. Before we get to that, lust factor, 7.6 for Peyton so far. 53 guys are interested in her at this point. Mm-hmm. See how high she gets on lustfactor.com. I don't know, Lucas with the shaved head, how high on lustfactor.com do you think he would be? I don't know. Fuck him. Fuck him? Fuck oh him. God. Him and his bald bro fucking Skills. I love skills skills is just kind of there just wait he he shows up every once in a while just he's wait. just like hey, hey look at me i'm on the fucking river court i can't play basketball i suck at it at least i can't be on the fucking varsity team i just like i'm the fucking dude whatever he's nothing sean's gonna be eating his words in a few seasons oh. <laughs> okay Haley, she has like a little moment where she needs to be at home and she's crying on her bed and cuddling her old stuffy Mr. Waffles. And, you know, this is after Deb has had words with her and hurt her feelings. And her parents are there and they're trying to comfort her. And they're making jokes about their place being a crack hotel or something. Crack resort. (laughs) Crack resort. (laughs) High class. How many times do his parents have to fucking mess, uh, fucking mention crack on the show? She's a crack whore. She's a fucking crack prostitute. Oh lives God. in a crack den with her crack husband. They're gonna have crack kids and living in a crack den. Oh my God! Her parents are just—they're so fucking hilarious. Gold. I man. love them. They're so great. And she's talking. To them and they're like you know you gotta let go you gotta grow up oh, but, uh, by the way Mr. Waffles got thrown up on by the dog <laughs> <laughs> and she's cuddling it the whole fucking time and they're also talking about giving away all of the stuff in her room to charity yeah yeah she's like no yeah, some crackhead could fucking pick it up at the fucking uh, thrift store oh my god <laughs> Keith and Karen Man, this is awkward, dude. I just... and uh, Karen doesn't even know about Keith's indiscretions with Deb. Her transgressions. His transgressions. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. Karen has no idea what's going on with that. Uh, And it's not like it's an ongoing thing. It was just a one-time thing. it was a one-time thing. Right? But, I mean... There, there's nights by the fucking fireplace where you just, in the heat of passion, shit just happens. Apparently. I i don't think I've ever had sex in front of a fireplace before. Uh, We've never had, like, we have a fireplace now, but it's not, like, working. Yeah, I can't say that I haven't. You whore! <laughs> Maybe I'm a crack whore. Oh, my God. God, what the fuck, bro? Yeah, I've had sex in front of a fireplace anyway. (gasps) It is not me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there were other girls before you, dude. There was other guys before you, too, dude. So don't play that shit with me. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Brooke's planning this party. Yes, she's got... Condom balloons. Helium condom balloons. 
And it's funny because she's like, they're pregnant. They're pregnant. Like, she's totally convinced. They're playing spin the body. Yeah. AKA spin mouth. <laughs> spin mouth. Uh, five, five minutes, minutes in, in an elevator. elevator. Ooh, who's somebody you would spend five minutes in the elevator? Who's your Who's your elevator hall pass? Who's your elevator hall pass? Oh, yeah, Trish Stratus right here, bro. I thought you were gonna say me. Your elevator hall pass, dude. Is somebody you would just fucking have a quick one in the elevator? Me. That is not your significant other. Ryan Reynolds, obviously. Tassel boots. Or Scott McGilvery. Oh, Scott McGilvery. Right? Okay, tassel boots. Okay, let's keep this wrestling theme. Who's your your five-minute elevator person for wrestling? And who's your five-minute elevator One Tree Hill person? Tassel boots, obviously. Tassel boots. Who's your five-minute elevator One Tree Hiller? Jake Jagelski. Jagelski. J.A. Oh my God. <laughs> Double I shouldn't K. have said it. <laughs> Double E. That's Jake Jagelski. Double J. Ain't he great? No, he went on a boat and he's off in fucking Georgia or wherever the fuck he is with. Double J, ha <laughs> ha, J E, ha <laughs> ha, double N, Y. That's Jenny Jagelski, Junior Jagelski. Ain't she great? And then we got uh, Jimmy James, oh Haley James, Dad, ha <laughs> ha, J I, ha <laughs> ha, double M Y. That's Jimmy James, double J, Jimmy James. Ain't he great? And he is great. Love Jimmy James. But uh, yeah, okay. So you got uh, Jagelski as your uh, five-minute elevator I hall pass. I shouldn't have even said that. <laughs> How many double J's? That do was we like have a five-minute <laughs> tangent. Uh, and you, and for wrestlers, you got tassel boots. Of course. I'll give you two guesses as who's to my two five-minute hall passes for uh, five-minute elevator. Sitches. Well, you just said. Trish, whatever. Trish Stratus. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. 100%. And Hillary Burton. Yes. Yeah. You hit the nail on my head. Oh, my God. There's (laughs) something I can throw at you again. (laughs) That's a PS2 to HDMI adapter. Don't throw that at me. That's hard. It's it's pretty light. I don't know, dude. It's pretty light. Don't throw that shit at me. (laughs) So, Nathan Scott visits dan scott in the hospital and apparently he wants to give him another heart attack because he tells him that he married fucking Haley. Mm-hmm. dan's just like oh son like, you're gonna give kill me, me another fucking heart attack son and then he asks for nathan to send lucas to see him he wants to see lucas scott wow i want to see your brother Hi. <laughs> Dan's pretty twisted. You'll see. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There may be a Phoenix effect thing going on, but. I guess so. Okay. Promo time. As per 
Sean, it is promo time. You cut your Bret Hart promo up and down. Okay, how he's I'm, not a I'm, Canadian I'm hero. Here. You recline. You put your fucking mic away. I got a fucking promo to cut. Okay. Now, through this entire first season, we have had so much fucking underage drinking. It's fucking sickening that there's 48 people in Tree Hill, yet 17 of them have fucking IDs. That are fake. Fake IDs all over for the fucking miners in Tree Hill. Who is supplying these motherfuckers with fake IDs that these 16-year-olds can get into fucking bars? Well, I'll fucking tell you what they do. Is that they brought the fucking fake ID machine to this fucking party. And we have solved the fake ID mystery. Karen gets a fake ID. Brooke has a fake ID. Lucas has a fake ID because now they have the fucking fake ID in full force and they put the face behind it. They take the picture and that's what gets them into every fucking club in Tree Hill. Mind you, there's only one club in Tree Hill. But either way, we have solved the fake ID mystery and it is in this fucking party. You're forgetting something. What? You missed talking about Whitey and Keith. You were so busy cutting a promo. (laughs) Actually, I didn't forget about it because guess what? You like to have me spring things up on you on this podcast. You don't want to have the predetermined wrestling shit going on. So I purposely no sold and didn't tell you about this fake ID shit. Oh, you motherfucker. So I could cut this promo and catch you off guard because I knew full well this scene happened before fucking Whitey's wisdom. JK, it wasn't actually Whitey's wisdom on (laughs) Keith. And why wasn't it Whitey's wisdom? Oh, my God. It was so funny. So Whitey's out of the hospital and Keith's like, old man, you are just taking the worst risk with your health right now. Yep. And Whitey goes into his Whitey wisdom because he's like, oh, why are you back from Charleston? Like, you need to do things for you. And then... Keith's like, uh, I I kind of slept with Deb, <laughs> and then Keith's like, never, or not like, Whitey, or well, Keith, just not fucking, Whitey. just <laughs> never mind anything I just fucking yeah. said. Jk, <laughs> <laughs> no wisdom, no wisdom I this love time. Whitey so just much. forget everything I fucking said. <laughs> love Whitey. So much. Whitey's pretty fucking great, but not as great as another fucking lust factor shower pick of Peyton. God, I gotta get on this fucking lust factor shit, man. No, you don't. Hillary Burton, man. Lust factor. <laughs> fucking rights, dude. She's gotta be at least a 9.8 by this point. Oh my god. So now we get Deb. She shows up. Actually, first of all, at the party... Brooke had gotten silly string and then she says to mouth oh can you get some more silly string I think we're not we don't have enough so he goes out he can't find silly string so what does he get cheese string. fucking spray cheese spray cheese and he sprays it on Fergie. Dude, that shit's perishable, man. That's gonna stink after a while. I know. He sprays it on Fergie. 
the fuck is Fergie? He's the black guy with the hair. It's not like Fergie, like black eyed peas Fergie. No. We're not like Fergalicious no. or anything. No. Yeah, no. No. Um, Literally, when he mentioned Fergie, I was like, are we talking like Fergalicious Fergie no. here? Fergie. Uh, <laughs> and also, when Haley and Nathan show up, Whitey is also there and he gives Haley blanket that was hand-stitched by his wife, Camilla. And it's a baby blanket. And Haley's like, oh, (laughs) we're not pregnant. pregnant." And he's like, oh, well, could have fooled me. Could have fucking fooled me. (laughs) And then Deb shows up. And she's got a gift. She's going to try and just, I don't know, figure it out and deal with it. And she spots Haley's parents. How many parallels do we have to Lust Factor and Bumble? What? <laughs> you keep, I'm trying to explain something. And you just, you I just keep have, going on about Hillary Burton on Lust Factor. Oh Don't God. mind me. And then, so Deb sees Haley's parents, and they're saying hi to Nathan and giving hugs. And then she finds Karen, and they're talking, and she's like, this is really weird. And then Haley's, or not Haley, Karen's like, oh, do you want to dance? And then she looks and it's all the kids dancing like crazy. And she's like, yeah, that's not for me. We'll leave that to the kids. But then the Haley's crack parents, parents themselves. Dance by. The crack parents <laughs> dancing up a fucking storm. Oh, it's so funny. They're so great, man. I, I love, love them. them. They're, they're pretty awesome. Keith goes to visit Dan. Yeah, at the hospital, yeah. finally. And Dan's like, oh, I was waiting for you to show up. Like, you know, no hard feelings, bro. Like, you did what you did. And it's- Who is this guy? Who is this guy? <sighs> like, is he having just a short face run before he goes back and turns full heel again? I feel this is the way it's going. Oh, I just... I just... You know. I can't you know, say anything. You know it's coming. I can't say anything. You know it's coming. So Keith is saying, you know, like, I want to help you. Like, if is there anything I can do for you with the dealership, like, let me know. And Dan's like, oh, yeah, that takes a load off my mind and starts shoveling jello into his mouth. <laughs> he's like, yeah, that takes a load off my mind, bro. Like, he's, you can run the dealership for he's me. so chill. It's a fucking red herring. I guarantee it's it, It's the man. Phoenix effect. Yeah, dude. It's the Phoenix <sighs> splash effect. That's a wrestling move, dude. Luke corners Brooke and Peyton at the party and he's talking to them and like, this is a great party, you guys. Like, this is awesome. So uh, this letter, you you know, like you guys all agree with it. You agree that everything should be the way it is. Like I said, you know, the hot fudge Sunday threesome and everything. And they're like, we never read it. We burned it. <laughs> He's like, probably for the best. <laughs> Honestly. I, what did you call this? What? This letter. Oh, my God. Get the fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> you can't say letter without saying letter. Oh, my God. Anyways. Yeah. So, Karen, as we reiterated before, she doesn't know about this whole Deb and Keith shit. No, she doesn't. She no I fu- fucking idea whatsoever. No. 
I feel that maybe down the line she might find out about this because she's in business with Deb. Don't know, can't tell you. So Haley kind of sees, finally, Haley's parents and Deb get introduced. Because Deb was kind of like skirting the whole thing the entire time. She didn't really want to meet them. Sure. And then finally they do and... Haley's parents are being very nice, knowing that Sweetheart. Deb was also such a bitch to Haley earlier on. And they're like, you know, we hope that th- we can like get along one day. And then Deb starts like, this you're is, OK with this. This, this is, is bullshit. This is bullshit. I'm not going to fucking lie about my feelings about this garbage. Your daughter's ruining my fucking son's life. And then Haley comes in and she yells at Deb. She cuts the ultimate she fucking face promo here. Rips her a new oh, one. Oh, dude. Like we, I don't even want you here. Dude, like we thought Stone Cold's promo on Brett was amazing earlier. This Haley promo on Deb. You fucking go, girl. Yep. Stan Haley podcast. Yes. S H P. Also, something important to note earlier on in the episode, Haley's parents um, go and they're talking to Haley and Nathan, and they're like, you know, just so you know, like our wedding present to ourselves is we sold the house and we're buying an RV and yeah. we're going to take off. And Haley's kind of like, Oh no. You're leaving? You're leaving. So now she does have to like grow, grow up a up. little bit and but they're in an RV. They can literally drop That's literally come what her back mom at says. a drop of a hat. Sneak and, attack. And R V is also a great Faith No More song, FYI. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of sad because that that seems very final for Haley's parents. Hey? Yeah, it really does. Which honestly, having an RV and just like traveling the roads and like any town, any city could be your home for the night. Yeah. How cool is that? That's like I've neat. always felt like that would be the coolest thing is having an RV, having everything you need, like very minimalist, but still having everything you need. Do you think we could really be minimalist? Not at Look this at point. Our house. Well, not at this point in our lives. But when <laughs> the kids grow up and shit, and we're older, and it's like. Dude, how cool would that be? Just jump in an RV. Uh, I'm spending the night in Portland, Oregon tonight. That's my home for tonight. Oh, cool. Uh, maybe I'll spend the night in uh, uh, Eugene, Oregon tonight. Uh, how about we go to uh, Bangor, Maine and stay the night there? Are you feeling... Um, What's the word for it? Wanderlust? No. Um, Wanderlust factor? No. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't think of the word for it, but, like, my cousin and his wife just, like, drove in their van. Yeah, and just went all over the For, like, 213 days down into Mexico, Mexico, through the States. Yeah, everywhere. Just sleeping in, like, parking and sleeping in these amazing spots. How cool is that, though? Are you feeling like, I still can't figure out the word. There's no, like, the... 
the what the... inspired are you yeah. feeling inspired by uh, that i mean we're seeing their trip on social media yeah but they went to like mexico and shit i don't want to fucking go to mexico i don't give two shits about mexico they stayed in some amazing places they said go off the beaten path a bit into these amazing cities and like you can see some really cool shit i don't know i'm not that style of person though i feel like i would be more interested in like the floridas and the new yorks and the california florida yeah dude fucking disney world dude (laughs) (laughs) orlando that's where the fucking performance center is where they train all these great wrestlers oh god (laughs) moving on (laughs) luke stops by the hospital and pays this visit to dan Mm. and dan says i was hoping you would come and then we cut fade to black shit dude nice little cliffhanger and we end it off as much as you know there were some fun moments there's some good shit going on here also this whole episode at the party random ass guy after guy after guy showing up lust factor 9.6 or whatever her rating is now i don't know as good as we an episode, an update on that. <laughs> as good as this episode was, though, obviously compared to the season finale and the season premiere, can't really hold that candle. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, it's a decent episode, and I would have to go with a dollar sign four point zero four. Not okay. the greatest, but not bad either. Okay. And as how you feel with season two, you're not the biggest fan of it. Who knows? I may see different. And that's the thing. I feel like the first few times I watched through the show, I didn't find season two as bad as I do now. What? Nation salute for season two. By any means necessary. Put your fucking fist down. Ray, throw shit at you. I just felt like we. I felt like we just needed a random nation salute for season two of One Tree. No, I just. There's a lot of shit that goes on in this season, and a lot of there's things that happen that's like storyline wise that's pretty good, but also there's certain characters that i'm just like you were unfucking necessary like new characters mm-hmm. oh. unfucking necessary okay i rest my case okay well here we are once again another tree hill wrestling federation podcast in the books thank you everyone for listening our our social media just the amount of views we're getting on shit and just the through the warped mind of Aaron and Sean, some of these memes and TikToks and all this shit we're doing. We really appreciate the love on this, mm-hmm. all the views and the likes and the comments and everything. Keep it going, man. We love it. And honestly, back earlier this year, we just wanted to start this podcast because we love both of these shows and we just wanted to go over how much we loved it. Honestly. And get the other person to appreciate each other's favorite shows. I just wanted Sean to have a reason to watch this show. And I kind of wanted a reason to watch wrestling. But it originally started, the thought of it was originally you should watch One Tree Hill and do a podcast on it based on a wrestling fan's point of view. Yeah. And that was it that was going to be it. But now we have 
a wrestling podcast with a One Tree Hill fan's point of view on it as well. Amalgamation, yes. brother. Yes. Yeah, but we're both enjoying it <laughs> thoroughly. Yes. <laughs> and we're glad you're enjoying it thoroughly on every streaming service, including... Deezer. What? Spotify. What? Apple Podcasts. What? Google Podcasts. Fuck Apple. Yeah. What? Amazon Podcasts. What? Not Stitcher, dude. Uh, iHeartRadio. Rip Stitcher. And yeah. So we appreciate all the love, the follows, the subscribes, the comments, the likes, every single thing you do for us, all the listens. Don't hate me for hating Bret Hart. It's Sean's fault (laughs) for introducing him in this He was a face for a couple months before where I know, but he hadn't won me over. Sure. You didn't get him in a point where he was able to win me over. Like. And then he quickly turned around to being an annoying piece of shit. Like. So. I rest my case. Like I said, do you really want to endure like three to four years of terrible fucking wrestling just to establish Bret Hart as a white meat baby face before he turned heel? Do you really want to sit through every single Eli and Jacob blue tag match on Monday Night Raw? I don't do have you any really want to watch the Brooklyn Brawler versus Dwayne Gill and Lex Luger versus Tatanka every fucking week on Monday Night Raw? I have no idea who you're talking about. Do you about. really need it to just, endure like, that? You know, like showing me, like just show me. I don't know. I don't know. You just threw me into this whole wrestling mess with Bret Hart being such a whiny little bitch, and I can't get over it. But this. On the wrestling side of things, it's more about the entire product as opposed to just that one character. And Yeah, but he thinks it's all about him, so. Sure. But doesn't every wrestler think it's all about them? I feel like the, a lot of the other guys are like, maybe not Shawn Michaels. But <laughs> Who literally relinquished his title because he's a puss and he doesn't want to fucking lose it clean in the middle of the ring. I know, but he's not as annoying. And I like the fact that he came out and was like shouting off Bret Hart's like, these are facts. And then he comes out. He's like, yeah, and here's my facts and here's other people's facts. So fuck you, bro. You might have some great facts here, but here's ours. And then and that's what I liked was him standing up to Bret Hart and being like, you are not everything in this company. Well, that's what happens when you defend America, dude. You get your fucking ass kicked by the excellence of execution. Oh, my God. Bret the Hitman Hart. Can I unplug your microphone? <laughs> I love all the Bret Bret Hart fans out there. We appreciate every single one of you. (laughs) And we will see you next week for episode 25 on the Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast, brother. And until next week, I bid you adieu. And I say bye, bitch.